نحمده سبحانه ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله تعالى فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فاوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله قال الله تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون وقال تعالى يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا ثم اما بعد After the conquest of Mecca, after the Prophet ﷺ had taken over Mecca and the people had become Muslim, Caesar or Qaisa realized the power of the Muslims and he decided that he would have to bring an end to these Muslims. And so he prepared a large army, a Byzantine and some Arab tribes from the north and they prepared an army to, to extinguish the Prophet ﷺ and his companions. And the Prophet ﷺ, when news came of this great army that was preparing to attack them, the Prophet ﷺ and some of the companions, fear started to come into the Muslims' hearts. And so the Prophet ﷺ decided that they must go and fight these people in Tabuk. And so because normally the Prophet ﷺ, whenever he would go out for an army, go out um, in a battle, he would tell the people that were going in this direction, and then during the battle they would change directions and so that no one would know exactly where they are going but because of the severity of this battle and because it was so long and because they were leaving in the summertime and in the summertime the heat can, can kill people the Prophet ﷺ told all of them where they, would go, where they were going so that they could prepare, could prepare the proper provision and so the Prophet ﷺ told them that we're going to Tabuk Jaish al-Usra and so, one of those people that all the companions, all the people that didn't have an excuse such as sickness or people that were hypocrites, all of them accepted from the Prophet ﷺ and they prepared for this battle. And inshaAllah ta'ala, we want to spend some moments with one of those people that missed the battle and that's Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu in fact narrates the entire story in Sahih al-Bukhari and in Sahih Muslim. Kabir bin Malik says that on that day when people went out that by Allah that I've never had more wealth than that the day that the people went out for Tabuk and he said by Allah I've never had more wealth and more strength I've never been in a better position to go out for the battle than on that day but and you will see this the evil of procrastination he kept saying that when the Prophet وسلم, and the companions would prepare for the battle he would say I'll go and prepare but the day would come to an end and he hadn't prepared anything. And then the next day would come and he said, I'll go and prepare. And the day would pass and he hadn't prepared anything until the people had gone out and he said, I'll catch up with them. And they left and the days passed and he said, I'll catch up, I'll catch up. Until finally news came that the Prophet ﷺ was on his way back and that the battle had happened and that he had come back. And Ka'b ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, he would go out and the hypocrites, 
the people that didn't want to join the Prophet and told the companions La tanfiru fil har they said why are you going out in this battle it's so hot outside and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala refuted them saying قُلْ نَارُ جَهَنَّمَ أَشَدُّ Say that the, the, hell, the, uh, the heat of hellfire is more severe than the heat of this summer. And so, Ka'b ibn Malik would go out and he would see all the other people that hadn't gone out to the battle. And he says he would become very distressed because he would only see hypocrites, which, which everyone knew that they were hypocrites. And he realized that he was in their loss. When the Prophet ﷺ came back and he would come during the day and the first thing the Prophet ﷺ would come to is the masjid. And so we learn here also the sunnah of Rasulullah ﷺ that when a person returns from a journey they should start with the masjid and go to the masjid and pray two rak'ahs. The Prophet ﷺ went to the masjid and he prayed his rak'ahs and then all the people started coming. All those people that hadn't gone out for the battle they came to the Prophet ﷺ and they started explaining and giving excuses and in fact lies for the reason why they didn't go out for the battle. And they were known hypocrites. The Prophet ﷺ, one after the other, they would come to him and they would give an excuse saying, I was doing this, I was doing that, and I wasn't able. The Prophet ﷺ would ask forgiveness for them and let them go. Until Ka'ab ibn Malik anhu. In fact, he says that he was very eloquent in speech. And he told the Prophet ﷺ when he came to him that day, he had prepared lies that he was going to say, excuses so that he could quell the Prophet's anger. But he said, as soon as I saw the Prophet ﷺ, I canceled all those lies that I was going to say. And he said that today nothing will save me than telling the truth. And so he went to the Prophet ﷺ and he said, Wallahi, he said, I've been given eloquent speech and if I sat in front of anybody else, I could have lied to them and I could have uh, gotten away from their anger. But Ya Rasulullah, he says, I may please you today and you may not be angry with me today, but perhaps tomorrow because if I lie to you, Allah may make you angry at me. And he said, but if I tell you the truth today, that perhaps tomorrow, hoping for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, perhaps tomorrow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be pleased with me. And so he says when, the, when he came to the Prophet ﷺ, the Prophet ﷺ smiled at him. And he says, Tabassum al the smile of someone who is angry. And he said, Ma khallafak. And Ka'b ibn Malik anhu said this to him. And when he said this, the Prophet ﷺ replied, Amma hadha faqad sadaq. He said, as for this person, He's told the truth. And right there, the Prophet ﷺ knew that everybody that had come to him had lied to him. But he said, as for this person, he's told the truth. And he told him to go back until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides your affair. And so Ka'b ibn Malik, <coughs> Ka'b ibn Malik, when he left the masjid, some people from Bani Salim, they came to him and they started telling him, why did you say that to him? You could have said this or you could have said that. Didn't you see that the Prophet ﷺ was asking forgiveness for them and forgiving them and letting them go? They said, you put yourself in this position. And he said, because they kept insisting on him, Ka'b ibn Malik, he said, I wish that I could have gone back and lied to the Prophet ﷺ. I wish that I could have contradicted myself and went back and made up an excuse. 
But then Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he asked them, is there anyone else in my situation? And they said, yes. And there were two companions that had done the same thing that Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu had done. And they were... <coughs> they had done the same thing that Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu had done. And so Ka'b ibn Malik, when he found out that these two people had been from the people of Badr, he kept firm with the, with the truth that he had said. And so the Prophet ﷺ after that, he commanded all the people not to speak to Ka'bim and Malik and his two companions and not to deal with them and to, for everyone to boycott them. And so for the other companions, they were, would remain at home and Ka'bim and Malik anhu would go to the masjid and then he would say that Nahiya bil Abdullah he would say that the, the earth that I knew so well, it wasn't like that anymore. And the times had changed the way people were treating him. He says that he would go to the masjid and nobody would say assalamu alaikum to him. And he would try going to the Prophet and say assalamu alaikum ya Rasulullah. And he would look and try to see if the Prophet lips moved in reply to his salam. But he couldn't tell. And he would say that he would enter the masjid and he would look at the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ wouldn't look at him. And then when he would avert his gaze, the Prophet ﷺ would turn to him and look and when he would look back, the Prophet ﷺ would turn away. <clears throat> During the battle, in the Battle of Tabuk, the Prophet ﷺ, he in fact inquired about Ka'b ibn Malik. And one of the companions had said that nothing left Ka'b ibn Malik except that he was so happy with his clothes and happy with his wealth. And so Mu'az radiallahu anhu, he replied back and he said, He said, what an evil thing what you said. And he turned to the Prophet and he said, Ya Rasulullah, ma alimna alayhi illa khayra. He said, we only know good about Ka'b. And so, in fact, in the Sharh of this hadith, Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, says that we learn from this, from the example of the companions, that when a Muslim brother, when someone backbites on a Muslim brother in front of you, it's not enough to remain silent, but that you should hit back and tell the person that this is wrong and this is not what a Muslim should say. As the companion, radiallahu anhu, said, and he replied back to him. Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu like we said would go to the masjid and try to find out if the Prophet would reply to him and he kept entering into the sadness and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the sadness that they were in he says subhanahu wa ta'ala حَتَّى إِذَا ضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمُ الْأَرْضِ بِمَا رَحُبَتْ until when the earth closed down and constricted upon them. And notice that you'll see people, they may have the biggest castles in the world, but no matter how expansive their property is, because they turned away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constricts their livelihood. وَمَنْ أَعْرَضَ عَنْ ذِكْرِي فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً ضَمْكَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and whoever turns their back, from me, فَإِنَّ لَهُ مَعِيشَةً بَنْكَ They say that بَنْكَ, in one of its literal sense, it's like having a sinus, or having a stuffed nose. 
Because when a person turns his back, it's as if he's constricting and stuffing himself. And he can't enjoy the, the worldly uh, materials that he has. And so here, because of them not going to the battle, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the situation that they were in. That even though they had the expanse of earth in front of them, it constricted before their very eyes. But someone may have the earth constricted in front of them. They may be poor and they may be living in a hut, but they have an expansive heart. And they believe in Allah and His Messenger and it expands out so that they are content with what they have and that they are living as if they are in Jannah, content with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَضَاقَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ أَنفُسَهُمْ And their souls and their hearts constricted from inside. And so in both senses, in the earth and everything that was around them constricted, and even in the heart, they were constricted. And so Ka'b ibn Malik, radiallahu anhu, he was going around in the sadness, and he went to the garden of Abu Qutada, radiallahu anhu, who was a cousin and one of the most beloved people to Ka'b ibn Malik. And so he got up on the fence and he said, Assalamu alaikum to Abu Qutada. And Abu Qutada didn't reply. And he kept asking him again, Assalamu alaikum, Assalamu alaikum. And Abu Qutada radiallahu anhu wouldn't reply to him. And then he said, He said, Oh my cousin, don't you know, haven't you known that I love Allah and His Messenger? He says, Don't you know and haven't you learned? And haven't you seen from my example that I do indeed love Allah and His Messenger? And Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu remained silent. And then he said, Allahu A'lam. He said, Allah knows best if you really love Allah and His Messenger. And Ka'b ibn Malik, when he heard this, he went off the fence and he started crying. On the 40th day, and in fact it lasted for 50 days, the Prophet ﷺ commanded that they separate from their wives. And so Ka'b ibn Malik, and now notice, in fact, before this, the king of Ghassan, King Ghassan, when, from the Romans, they had sent a letter. Ka'b ibn Malik was in the marketplace, and then he saw a man come, a traveler, and everybody was pointing at Ka'b. And so that person came to Ka'b with a letter from King Ghassan. And now the king, here's the, the king calling him, and he says, Amma ba'd, he says, Faqad balaghana. He says, uh, to proceed, the news has reached us that your companion, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, has turned away from you. And he said, فَالْحَقْ بِنَا He said, come to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't make this earth as a constricted in a discomfort for you. Come to us and we will give you comfort and we will give you honor. And when Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu read this letter, he said, by Allah, this is another test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then he made a circle, a pit of fire, and then he took that letter and he threw it in the fire. Now Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu on the 40th day, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had sent out the message that those three people should separate from their wives. And Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu immediately he said, shall I divorce my wife or should I just separate from her? And they said, no, the Prophet ﷺ says, separate from her. And so one of his other companions, he was old in age. And so his wife came to the Prophet ﷺ and she asked the Messenger of Allah ﷺ that her husband was old and that she asked permission if she could remain with him and serve him because he was too poor 
to have his own maid or to have his own servant. And the Prophet ﷺ granted her permission. He said, ﷺ, but do not allow him to come near you. And then she said, by Allah, he hasn't stopped crying since the day this began. And by Allah, he has no desire for anything which you're, which you're speaking of. And so that shows you that these people yearning for the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yearning for the tawbah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala until the 50th day came and in fact Ka'bir bin Malik his relatives told him that go to the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa and ask that your wife serve you like he granted permission for the other companion and he said by Allah I am younger than that man and I, I'm more capable and I'm afraid of what the Prophet ﷺ may say if I ask such a thing. He said, by Allah, I'm not going to ask for that. That his wife remain with him. And so on the 50th day, Ka'b ibn Malik was praying Fajr on one of the roofs. And as he completed his Fajr prayer, a rider came running. And he was calling out, Abshir, ya Ka'b ibn Malik. He said, glad tidings, O Ka'b ibn Malik. For verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you. And Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he immediately did sajjah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the tawbah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And very often, I remember um, Shaykh al-Uthaymeen, hafizahullah, he would say that in the time of hajj, when people would commit mistakes in hajj, he says the easiest thing for a person is if you tell him that you have to ask for forgiveness from Allah but there's no material penalty. They would say, oh, only ask for forgiveness? Okay, that's no problem. But you will see the way the companions ask for forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and how they yearn and spend their time hoping for the reward and the mercy and the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Ka'ab ibn Malik radiallahu anhu heard that Allah had forgiven him, he did sajda to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then immediately when he completed his sajda, he took off his clothes and he gave it sadaqah to that man who had come. And as he walked in, and this is all from his happiness, when he walked into Medina, the people would come to him and they would congratulate him for the for the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon Ka'b and indeed it's something that a person should be congratulated for and nothing from the material world is equal to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgiving you and when he entered the masjid from the muhajireen only one person Talha radiallahu anhu stood up and shook the hand of Ka'b ibn Malik and he said by Allah I'll never forget that deed that Talha radiallahu anhu had done that he had stood up and he had hugged me and given me the glad tidings. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told him, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Abshir bi khayri yawmin, Abshir He said, have the glad tidings of the best day of your life since the day your mother gave birth to you. And so Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, he smiled and he said, Ya Rasulullah, is this forgiveness from you or is it from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And he said, rather, it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu, and they were poor radiallahu anhum. He said that from my tawbah is that I will give all my wealth sadaqah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything I have 
because of my happiness that Allah has forgiven me, I'm going to give everything to Allah, everything for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the Prophet wasallam said, no, rather keep some of it with you. And then he said, Sa'ad radiallahu anhu, and in fact this is the point that we want to make here, that he said, that min tawbati, he said, from my tawbah and the fact that Allah has forgiven me, that from this day forward I will never tell a lie. I will never say a lie from, the, from this day forward. And in fact, in the end of the narration, Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu explained that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had saved him because of the truth that he had told in the beginning. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has never tested somebody with the truth and telling the truth more than he tested Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. And he said, those people that have lied to the Prophet ﷺ, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed verses about them. In Surah Al-Munafiqeen, in other surahs, <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, سَيَحْلِفُونَ لَكُمْ إِذَنْ قَلَبْتُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ لِتُعْرِضُوا عَنْهُمْ فَأَعْرِضُوا عَنْهُمْ إِنَّهُمْ رِجْمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that verily they are impure, they are filthy. Those people that have lied to the Prophet sallallahu jahannam that they are filthy and that their end is hellfire. As a reward and a compensation for what they used to do. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in, this, in these verses that they keep swearing to you and telling you that to, to leave us alone, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says leave them alone for they are impure and that they are going to hellfire and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hates them. And so Ka'b ibn Malik said this was the people that had lied to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As for those people who had told the truth, Ka'b ibn Malik and his two companions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed لَقَدْ تَعَبَ اللَّهُ عَلَى النَّبِيِّ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالْأَنصَارِ وَالْمُهَاجِرِينَ وَالْأَنصَارِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven the Prophet and the Ansar and the Muhajireen until the next verse when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues وَعَلَى الثَّلَاثَةِ الَّذِينَ خُلِّفُوا And Allah has forgiven those three who didn't make it to the battle who didn't make it to the battle of Tabuk. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed in the Quran that he has forgiven Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Ka'b and everyone else, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'asadiqeen. O you who believe, fear Allah and be with those who are truthful. أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين والمسلمات فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله وحده الصلاة والسلام على من لا نبي بعده وباه Dear brothers and sisters, in this story of Ka'b ibn Malik, and it's a story from the seerah that we should all frequently go over because you will see in every paragraph there is a lessons and lessons for the Muslims to learn from the way Ka'b ibn Malik radiallahu anhu acted and from the things that he fell into that we as followers of these companions and followers of the person that they were following, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that we should abstain from these things. Lying. Lying is a major sin, and in fact, 
It's one of it's one of the biggest major sins that a person can do because of all the things that it leads to. And in certain cases, scholar has said that that lying, when it deals with the Prophet wasallam, it may actually lead to kufr. If a person lies on the Prophet wasallam, making halal haram and haram halal. Imam Nawi, rahimahullah, says in Kitab al-Azkar, the proof from the Qur'an and Sunnah are clear and apparent that lying is one of the ugliest sins that a person can do. And he says sufficient is a deterrent from lying that the Prophet ﷺ said Ayatul Munafiqi Salah that the sign of a hypocrite is three things If he speaks, if he comes and he goes and speaks, he will lie. And so the fact that this is the sign of a munafiq should be sufficient as a deterrent for a believer, a mu'min, someone who believes in Allah and His Messenger, that if they speak and they're thinking that they're going to lie, remember that this is a sign of their hypocrisy in the deen. In another hadith, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu anhu reports that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ الصِّدْقَ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْبِرِّ That these things, صِدْق, truthfulness, leads to piety. If you want to know about a good Muslim and how to become a good Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ said, being truthful will lead you to be a good Muslim, will lead you to piety. وَإِنَّ الْبِرَّ يَهْدِي إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ And that piety leads to paradise. And we all want to go to paradise, and the Prophet ﷺ is showing the road to that paradise, and that is through truthfulness. وَلَا يَزَالُ الرَّجُلُ يَصْدُقُ that the person or the man or the woman will continue to tell the truth and continue keep trying to avoid lying and keep trying to bring out the truth in all cases until he is written with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as someone who always tells the truth and this is the end that we all want that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say that such and such this person is a truth teller and from these people that we know was Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, as-siddiq. Because he always told the truth again and again and again until the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, wa anta siddiq That you are the truth one, the one who accepts the truth, the one who always knows truth. His whole existence is surrounded around the truth. And then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, wa inna al-kadib. He said, and verily, lying. It takes a person to disobedience and transgression of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّ الْفُجُورَ يَهْدِي إِلَى النَّارِ And that transgression and that disobedience will lead the person to hellfire. وَلَا يَزَالُ الرَّجُلُ يَكْذِرْ And a person and a man or a woman will continue to try and lie and keep trying to lie and try and avoid situations by lying. حَسَّ يُكْتَبَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ كَذَّابًا until he will be written or she will be written as a liar to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so in conclusion, I wanted to give you some points and, and so we can all benefit from these points on how a person can move forward trying to seek out the truth and trying to be truthful in all walks of their life. Firstly, whenever a person is about to, to lie, and this lying doesn't just happen with words, the lying can happen with an action that a person says. If someone says, did you uh, do so-and-so, and you make a sign like this, 
with your actions you are lying. A person can write a letter, can, can uh, pretend to be someone else, maybe on the computer, or maybe in letters that he's writing, pretend to be someone else. That's a lie. And a person will speak to other people and he will lie. And there are many forms that a person lies. The pro- <coughs> when a person is going to do this, he should remember or she should remember the severity of the lying. And as Imam Nawi rahimahullah already said, that this is a sign of a munasir. This is a sign of a person's hypocrisy in Islam. Secondly, we should strengthen our iman in the final day. We should strengthen because when a person lies, he has a weakness of iman. He doesn't or she doesn't really believe in the day of judgment. For on that day, if they had told the truth, that their truth would save them on on that day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, هَذَا يَوْمُ يَنْفَعُ الصَّادِقِينَ صِدْقُهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, this is the day when those people, the truth tellers, when their truth will benefit them. This is the day on the day of judgment when all those truths and all the, all the good things that they used to say, it will benefit them on this day of judgment. When the Khalifa, Hisham ibn Abdul Malik, there was a verse in the Quran speaking about the, um, the accusation against Aisha. And it was a known hypocrite who had started that accusation. And so Hisham ibn Abdul Malik was of the opinion that Ali radiallahu anhu was the one who started the accusation. And so he would bring scholars to his court and he would tell them, من الذي تولى كبره? He said, who is this person who, who started this, the accusation? And the person with that scholar would say, Abdullah ibn Ubay. He would say that it's the, this hypocrite, Abdullah ibn Ubay. And then the king would say, Bal Ali radiallahu anhu. He said, rather it's Ali. And then the person, that scholar, would, would suck him to the, to the Khalifa and he would say, Al Khalifa to Amir al Mu'mineen a'lamu bima yaqul. That the Amir al Mu'mineen or the Khalifa knows better of what he is saying. Until he brought Imam al Zuhri. Rahimahullah. And this is the power of the scholars. He brought Imam Zuhri and he asked him, he said, Man alladhi tawalla kibrahu? He said, who is this one who started these accusations? And he said, Abdullah ibn Ubay. And then the Khalifa said, Kadhab huwa Ali. He said, you've lied, it was Ali. And the fact that Imam Zuhri would be accused of lying, he became enraged and he said, Ana akzib. He said, I lie. He said, Ana akzibu la abalak. He said, I would lie, you fatherless man. And that would be similar, and you know in the English language, the swear. He said, I lie. He said, how dare you call me a liar. He said, lo nada. And this should be written in gold that everybody should, should know. And this is the way our scholars, scholars were. Lo nada munadim min samai anna al-kadiba halalun ma He said, if a person calls out from the heavens, and calls out to everybody that lying is halal, I would never lie. He said, even if it was halal, I would never lie in my life. And now imagine that he knows it's haram. He said, if it was halal, I would never lie in my life. And they know the severity of lying. And so, brothers and sisters, should pay attention to what Imam Zuhri is saying. And these scholars, when the Prophet ﷺ, he saw a woman calling her son... <coughs> And telling him that I have something in my hand. And he, the Prophet ﷺ asked her, Do you have something in my hand? Or were you going to give him something? She said, Yes, I was going to give him a date. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, If you were to not give him anything, it would have been written as a lie. 
it would have been written as a lie. And so even to that smallest point with your own children, even to pretend with them and to joke with them, those things are written as lies. And the person, very often, he's telling jokes, and then he's saying, I'm just joking. I'm not lying, I'm just joking. No, you are lying. And no, nothing makes lying halal. Nothing makes lying. If you're joking, that doesn't make it halal. The Prophet وسلم, said, woe to him, waylun lahu. He said, woe to him, the person that lies to make people laugh. This person, in fact, he's right in the midst of the hadith and right in the midst of the prohibition that he makes a joke to make people laugh. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we have to abstain from that and no lying should take place. And one of the worst lies a person can do is against the Prophet And very often you'll see weak hadith and, and fabricated hadith against the Prophet And as one person said, I'm not lying against the Prophet I'm lying for him. And subhanAllah, anybody who writes wrong against the Prophet the Prophet doesn't need us to complete the deen for him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اليوم أكملت لكم دينكم This day I've completed your religion. The Prophet doesn't need you and me to make up hadith for him. He completed the deen sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, مَنْ كَذَبَ عَلَيَّ مُتَعَمِّدًا فَلْيَتَبَوَّأْ مَقَادَهُ مِنَ النَّارِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Whoever lies on me on purpose, he knows he's lying. He's making up these hadith against the Prophet Let him enter Jannah, let him enter Hellfire, and choose anywhere he wishes to be in it. The Prophet is saying to that person, You're going to Hellfire, and just pick where you want to be in Hellfire. For lying against the Prophet And there's no distinction between lying for or lying against. There's no such thing. That any lie against the Prophet is a lie. <coughs> Thirdly, we should remember the blessed end of telling the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that person who tells the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala writes that person as a Siddiq and that they're in the highest level of Jannah. With the prophets and those who used to tell the truth and accepted the truth and all around their life he was just surrounded with truth. And the person who tells the truth, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless them in their livelihood and it will lead them to Jannah. The Prophet sallallahu said, Al-Bayyani bil ma lam That the two people who are making a transaction have the option of concluding or canceling the transaction so long as they don't separate. And then the Prophet sallallahu said, فَإِن صَدَقَا وَبَيَّنَا فُورِكَ لَهُمَا that if they both, on both sides, if they tell the truth and they show each other and they don't hide little uh, mistakes in the product or so on, if they both are clear to one another and truthful to one another, Allah will bless them in their sale. And so a person shouldn't think that I'm going to sell this, I'm going to hide these, um, these problems in the product. No, show that there's a problem in the product and you will see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless you in that sale. And never should a person try hiding things. Like they'll say, uh, if they're selling a new car, they'll put a new paint job to cover the defects from the inside trying to sell the car. But no, the person should point out when he's selling that this is the car, these are the good things and these are the bad things. And when that truthfulness, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless them in their sale. 
we should make dua for verily this truthfulness is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all good is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so you should ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless you and to grant you this this blessing and this mercy of always telling the truth as the dua in Sunan al-Bayhaqi read Allahumma tahir qalbi min al-nifaq Oh Allah, clean my heart from hypocrisy وعملي من الرياء and my action from showing off to other people ولساني من الكذب and purify my tongue from lying and in conclusion we should always be with those people who tell the truth and distancing ourselves from those people who decide to spend their lives in lies and backbiting we just want to distance ourselves from them and be with those people who are telling the truth. Be with those people like Kaab ibn Malik radiallahu anhu and the people who follow the example of Kaab radiallahu anhu till the final day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded him and he commanded us and he commanded all the believers till the final day Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed Ya ayyuha alladheena amanu يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وكونوا مع الصادقين. Oh, you who believe, all you people who claim to be believers, اتقوا الله. Fear Allah وكونوا مع الصادقين. And be with those who are truth tellers. Be with the truthful ones. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم اغفر لحينا وميتنا وشاهدنا وغائبنا وصغيرنا وكبيرنا وذكرنا وأنسانا اللهم من أحيته منا فأحيه على الإسلام ومن توفيته منا فتوفه على الإيمان اللهم طهر قلوبنا من النفاق اللهم طهر أعمالنا من الرياء اللهم طهر ألسننا من الكذب إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله العظيم يذكركم واشكروه على نعمه يزدكم ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون